Do you know what our number one downloaded episode is right now? Podcast? No. This episode is full of tangents. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it literally, I mean, on the thirty day mark, it it eked out our Valentine's Day by one. <laughs> and but our Valentine's Day overtook it on the sixty day by six no eight i'm sorry by eight so but our 60 day it's it's i'm blown away by how many people are actually downloading us post the 60 day or the 30 day mark like everybody's like oh yeah after 30 days your number kind of drops but on 30 days like if i go okay we actually watched the super bowl right so that that one um if i go to that 661 on on day 30 right Mm -hmm. more than doubled so we were almost 12 well not more than double almost doubled so 1248 was at the 60 day mark so it's kind of crazy and i don't people stop going back to episode one (laughs) (laughs) Our, our first episode the audio was just such garbage our flow was not there but episode one we we have an additional 290 people who have downloaded it post 90. Don't do it. We we keep telling you guys it was horrible. Oh, I listened to it and I literally can't stop cringing. What do you what do you think? What's the, what's the most cringeworthy or like episode that you like the least that you know of that we've done? Probably the first couple of them too. I don't like the way that we sounded. We didn't know what we were doing yet. Yeah, we, we were still using just the. Sat there and was like, you know what, we should do a podcast. And so then we were just talking. Mm-hmm. It was not. It just yeah, it was not good. So you're digging the format side of things. Yeah, That's but good. I always like having a plan. So. Yeah, I. Under- I understand completely. So a yawn tries to jump into me in the middle of that. So, but yeah, I was looking at our, our, our episodes. We're, we're definitely, it's, it's been great. I'm so happy about like just how much people have been going in and tuning in and how our numbers have just been going up and uh, I'm really grateful for it. I'm humbled about it, you know? So, but that's, that's the thing. Sometimes change is good. Sometimes change isn't good. So. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. So, you know, if there's anything you could change right now in what we're doing, what would it be? You already know the answer to that. What, do fewer of them? Yes, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, <laughs> I want a break. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. But I enjoy, you know what, a part of the reason I enjoy this, though? Mm. This is like our curated time every day. Like, nobody messes with it. Like, yeah. we don't have that anywhere else in our day so i don't know it's just that's it's one of those things that i look back and i'm like this is just ours this is just no matter what's going on outside of everything else this is ours this belongs to you and this belongs to me i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do this without you i would hope the other way around so but with that said Good morning and welcome to the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time. So, how many days do we have today? Three. Awesome. Um, our first day, it's uh, actually two days, so it's today and tomorrow, and it's okay. the time of remembrance and reconciliation. 
So on May 8th and 9th, the day is set aside as a time of remembrance and reconciliation for those who lost their lives during the Second World War. Those two, these two days recognize the sacrifices and loss of military and civilians during the Second Global War. As an observance, non-governmental organizations and individuals are urged to pay tribute to the victims of World War II. On May 8th, 1945, World War II allies accepted the unconditional surrender Nazi, uh, of, of Nazi Germany. The anniversary is also known as Victory in Europe, or VE Day. World War II in 1939 started in 1939 and ended in 1949, though conflicts before led to the World War. Nearly all nations at the time broke out into two warring factions, the Allies and the Axis powers. Allies included United Kingdom, USSR, the United States, and others. The Axis powers comprised several na nations, including Germany, Italy, and Japan. It was fought in Europe, in Russia, North Africa, and in Asia. Civilian deaths at, by the end of it totaled 50 to 55 million. 70 yeah. million people had fought in World War II. The Soviet Union lost 7.5 million soldiers. The U.S. lost 400,000. Great Britain lost 330,000. China lost 2.2 million. Among the Axis powers, the German army saw 3.5 million casualties. Italy lost 77,000. And Japan lost 1.2 million. Only one out of every four men serving on U-boats had survived. The mortality rate for the POWs wow. in Russian camps was 85%, and only 20% of the males born in the Soviet Union in 1923 survived the war. So, this is a day to just set aside time for silence, to pay tribute to all the people that had fought and lost their lives, mm. watch for articles about remembering World War II victims published in magazines, new paper, newspapers are online, and obviously, teach your children and learn, if you don't know, the history of World War II. So three quarters of people on submarines died. That's yeah. that's just that's an insane one for me. I mean, and yeah, the numbers are astronomical, but like, you imagine being told, "Hey, we've we've got this assignment that you're going to have, but the odds are you're not going to make it." Like, not not like fifty percent. Like, look to your left, look to your right. Look a little further to your right. You see the four of you? Yeah, only one of you is coming home. Yeah, I could not imagine. Just, yeah. And and that's what scares me so much about where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. We're so on that edge. And then the other side of me is like, and, and I've been fighting with that. I've been fighting with the back and forth because you know how I like to argue with myself. And like... Is it really that we're headed to that? Is the fear mongering there? Is it, what's the combination? What is the percentage chance that we're about to get into this again? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I'd go. I but but I but I don't know what I would be going for right now. We're sitting here and we're fighting over. You know, we'd be well. We're we're fighting against corrupt elites right now, uh -huh. and that's what both sides the the rational people in both sides are trying to do we're trying to fight against the you know corrupt elites that we have to deal with consistently you know mm -hmm. and it's like what what is going on right now what what is it that and and it's like but i sit and it's like i would listen to my to my grandma talk to me you know and my great grandpa would when i was little and i didn't understand the value of what he was talking to me about um, in a lot of the stuff that he was talking to me about, you know, mm -hmm. he would just sit there and he would just tell me, he would tell me stories cause he was there. He was, 
you know, he was overseas and he would tell me these stories and these battles and like, you know, guys who were were shooting their guns and things you don't see. Right. Like Mm -hmm. guys who were shooting their guns the whole time crying. Yeah. Because they're just you just know that, number one, you're one away from being gone. And at the same time, you know, he wasn't a killer. Yeah. And so being out there and shooting a gun was was not his thing. And he would he would talk about those things. And it was just like. It was incredible to me to, to hear these stories and just go. Whoo, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I hope I never have to see that. And it's like but then I sit and I, I learn things like the history, you know, the cyclicalness of history. It's like every 80 years, mm-hmm. every, you know, we have to go through stupid crap. And we are due. So it's just I I sit and I think about it and I'm like, man, I just. uh, It's a lot. So, yeah, yeah. it's hard being because I feel like the difference, the biggest difference between then and now is that now we are a lot more self-aware of what war is going to do. Mm -hmm. We don't look at everybody else in all these other countries as they're not people it doesn't matter we look at all these other people in the world as people now yeah. we don't sit there and go ah man you know we understand We're that connected. communism is bad but we don't sit there and think that everybody in those countries supports communism anymore we don't look at them as a bunch of you know all all these people are just mm-hmm. sitting here trying to take our lives away we're at a point where we yeah we're connected through online and everything else and we know these people these people exist they're not just these foreign things that oh man we don't know what's actually going on over there because the only way that we know is through telephones Mm -hmm. and you know barely even that you know we maybe some morse code every once in a while but you know we don't really know what's going on over there it's it's just you know there's just there's we know there's people there but we can't think of them we we literally play next to these people in games and you know now we're just at a point where we know them we know these people and we're at a point where we recognize that us as people Mm -hmm. don't want to kill other people it's the elite and the people that are up high that don't have to worry about dying right that want to fight these other countries and they're the same ones that that keep their kids out of war their kids don't understand what's going on and then their kids grow up to be trump or bush you know or clinton or anybody and it's like we're told about how they dodged war Mm -hmm. and it's like they didn't know yeah. Had no idea, you know, the Middle East war, like nobody knew what was really going on. But now I'm playing video games that I'm basically done playing, by the way, on one of them. Um, but three of the people I play with are very much people that you're telling me that a few months from now I could be fighting with yeah, or fighting against because Two of them are Russian and one of them is Chinese. And I'm sitting here going, oh, wow. And and what's what's crazy is that we have, you know, um, a Taiwanese guy who's uh, playing in our very broken English, um, but he's playing in our group, too. And the thought of. Like, how weird is this got to be for everybody? Yeah. I mean, seriously, like the th- like none of us are t- none of us talk about politics. It's one of the things that I like. None of us talk about our country or our politics or our stance or the war or anything else that's going on. None of us talk about it because we're all like 
you know, this is a crap fest, you know, mm-hmm. and just just the connectivity of when my great grandfather was fighting in the Second World War. Right. Mm-hmm. All he knew about the commies and the krauts was what he saw on the news and 100 percent took as real. Yeah. Like he left the war and the first time that he met a Russian in real life, he instantly had hate for this guy. Yeah. Just because of his accent. And it's like, holy crud. That's what it's done. It's a dynamic people. I'll never understand. Yeah, because we know these people. We're around them. We interact with them on a daily basis now yeah. instead of just taking whatever our news or our government is telling us and that's that's it that's law that's fact yeah now it's we can interact with these people we can talk to these people we can go and ask them and there are people all over the place that are like yeah i don't agree with this i don't support this Mm -hmm. you know this is happening with our country but stop looking at all of us as you know we all agree with it we're all horrible people because we don't i was you mean just even down to everybody you know in russia that that lives in russia and is risking their lives posting the truth on mm-hmm. Reddit because they're and like China. Yeah, it's just but it's it's it, we see these people as normal people. Yeah. We're all just normal people and our government is forcing us to be at war for things that most of us don't even agree with. So it's yeah, the fact that you know, we're we're in a place where it's like I feel like that's why we're in such limbo right now because nobody wants to take the first step because all of us know each other now. They they mm-hmm. can't pin us against each other if we're friends. So it's weird that, you know, even with disagreements, mm-hmm. people are still online friends going, yeah, no, I live in a communist country and I agree with these things. There are a couple of things I wish I could change and blah, blah, blah. And we're able to go, you know what? That's a good point. I don't agree with communism because I wouldn't want this, this and this. But this is a good part of what you guys have. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a little jealous of that, but that can never work in my capitalist society and blah, blah, blah. And then we can just be friends because we both like the same game and right. we all listen to the same music or, hey, we're both into this cool thing that's not even from either one of our cultures that somebody else came up with and we think it's cool like it that's what we're that's where we're at yeah so while we're sitting here and dealing with all of these big huge issues it's not just numbers on a screen or numbers on a paper anymore to us these are people it's a face it's an actual person that no not all russians are com you know goose stepping commies that want to yeah you know take over the world on behalf of you know their point zero one percent elites you know uh-huh. i actually one of the guys um that i talked to online that's a friend of mine sat there and said damn a couple more feet and they would have got putin literally was like upset about it like wanted it to happen mm-hmm. you know we can say probably the same thing with our, you know, leader right now. If somebody pinked him, we'd be kind of like, the only thing we're upset about is now Kamala's in charge. Yeah. You know, it's like that's really just just kind of where we're at. And it's like, huh, I just I sit and I look at all of this and I'm like, this just blows me away. And then thinking about the fact that it's got to be so much harder for us because my great grandfather didn't know anybody's name. Mm-hmm. Like didn't know they they had a whole bunch of things that they would call them and now I I, I don't even want to say them because I realize just how racist they would be mm-hmm. to me to my friends I have German friends I would never call Krauts you know to like I just I would ah because just knowing that that's because they literally they 
whittled their entire existence down to a food. Yeah. And it was like, and, you know, so that they were pests and vermins and that the Germans had done that, you know, in World War Two, that the Jews were just a pest to be annihilated. And it was like, you know, and I don't care what your views are about people as a people. I care what my views are about a person as a person. Uh So that said, we're getting to our afternoon stuff in our morning. So let's go ahead and move on to what's what's our next day. It is World Red Cross Day. Okay. So every year, May 8th is celebrated as World Red Cross Day to honor the International Red Cross and Red Crescent Movement founder, Henry Dunnett, who was born on this day in 1828. The day aims to broaden the public's understanding of the International Red Cross and Red Crescent Movement. The International Committee of the Red Cross was founded in the year 1863 in Geneva, Switzerland, uh, as a private organization to provide swift and efficient humanitarian response to people in, in war and disaster affected areas. The Red Cross community consists of 17 and 25 members who are empowered to direct life-saving events and safeguard victims' dignity on a national and international level under the human rights legislation. Red Crescent societies are affiliated and work in, co- in cooperation with the World Red Cross to assist in activities of the movement. National Red Crescent Societies and Red Cross Societies are found in almost every nation worldwide. The International Red Cross and Red Crescent Movements is an international humanitarian movement with approximately 17 million volunteers, members, and staff worldwide, which was founded to protect human life and health, to ensure respect for all human beings, and to prevent and alleviate human suffering. The first Geneva Convention recognized the Red Cross on a white background as as the single distinctive emblem. Since the symbol was to reflect the neutrality of the armed forces, medical services, and the protection conferred on them, the emblem adopted was formed by reversing the colors of the Swiss flag. So to observe World Red Cross Day, learn more about the Red Cross and its founder, Jean Henry Dunnett, who initiated Red Cross after meeting with Napoleon III. Donate blood to save the lives of people in need of blood. Watch for and attend local programs that honor local heroes who have made an invaluable impact on life protection. In many local events, several people may be recognized in various categories, such as law enforcement, military, and fire and rescue. And obviously, share your experiences, or if you have volunteered with Red Cross on social media, and tell your stories everywhere. I have not. Red Cross is one of the few groups that um, I had never actually interacted with on my side on and the humanitarian side. So with FEMA, um, I know we we would have, you know, FEMA would be out someplace and Red Cross would come out to some of those places or Red Cross would be at those places and FEMA would come out to some of those places. But it wasn't really ever a combined effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, you know. Like, I, I remember during the Midwest flood, um, we did have a request from the Red Cross to uh, give them a station at the stadium that we, we had set up as an emergency evacuation area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember there was some logistic stuff that caused, like, you know, uh, ruffling of feathers type situation. I think mm-hmm. it was an ego thing, but I wasn't high enough <laughs> at that time to to know really what was going on or to even ask. So, you know, but, you know, I, I definitely, when it comes to the Red Cross, I'm always grateful for them. I, I don't have any kind of big negative feelings. There's some organizations where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're just politically backed and they only uh-huh. do a couple of things on the ground. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but, but FEMA in a lot of ways I feel like is that. I feel like there were, we had more, um, 
more inspectors in FEMA than anything else. And I want, I mean, uh, we had more people in the office than we had actual inspectors. Right. Okay. And so that always bothered me. Like we're supposed to be a management, you know, an emergency management agency. And this is affecting hundreds of thousands of people. So we should be, have more people out there than anything else. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, so when you, when you hear that when, and that bothers me, but I think like Red Cross is one of the ones where more of their money, and I'm going to have to do the research on it just to make sure, but I think more of the money that they raise actually goes to people people out there in the field helping. Yeah. Yeah. So where with FEMA, it was, I, I, I said it and boy was not received well. I'm pretty sure it was the beginning of my end at FEMA that it felt like there were five administrative staff for every one field agent we had in FEMA. Jeez. And it really did. I, I had overlaps with, with the guys that I was with out in the field because their supervisors who didn't understand that they weren't my supervisors, their supervisors would come to me and tell me what was going on and tell me they'd want reports and tell and I'm like, I, I don't work for you. I don't know what you're thinking. I'm like, and in fact, I don't know what your role is. Like I supervise these 10 guys. It's like, okay, no, you supervise two of those guys. The other eight have multiple supervisors. Well, no, my, the other two have multiple supervisors too. We do that for um, continuity and for accountability yeah, that's really weird. But what frustrated me was, okay, so here's, here's, imagine this. So your house gets flooded and takes flood damage, massive flood damage, right? Mm-hmm. And in that, you have a marble slab in your front walkway, okay? And that marble slab gets cracked. And FEMA says, okay, well, we're only here to handle the emergency side of it, so we're going to give you the money to, to replace it with cement. And it's like, so this... $50,000 marble slab that you have as an entryway, you're going to get 600 bucks for that, right? Okay. But the supervisor who's approving that $600 is getting paid way more to approve it. It's like, yeah, that's and, and it's like, okay. I'm like, that you guys don't see the problem in this at all. So, but no. I mean, that's just that's the way it ran. And that was the the right way it works. So, you know, I'm going to look up Red Cross and just see how much of every dollar um, that we spend or donate to Red Cross is actually used out there. But my understanding is they're pretty good. And the biggest reasons that they ever have any problems is because they run into the logistics nightmares that are OES, FEMA, um, you know, uh, Department of Emergency Services and those guys. So. So, yeah, so definitely interested in that. All right, so what's our third day? <laughs> yeah, so uh, to move away from some of the, you know, more depressing things, oh, our I'll last take it. day is National Coconut Cream Pie Day. I'll very much take it. So National Coconut Cream Pie Day on May 8th celebrates its own slice of deliciousness. This delicious pie is made with a sweet coconut cream filling. Pie lovers know a thick layer of real whipped que- cream topped with toasted coconut make this pie irresistible. 
There are plenty of pie holidays on the National Day calendar. In fact, every month includes at least one. Yep. The last pie holiday we celebrated was National Blueberry Pie Day, kicking off the blueberry season. However, unlike blueberries, coconut trees produce their fruit all year long. And the milk and meat are processed for canning and drying, making it easily accessible for year-round baking. So to observe Coconut Cream Pie Day... If you save your celebrating for the pie holidays, this is the only one in May. The next one doesn't come along till June 9th, with the, which would be uh, National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. And for mm. pie lovers, that's a bit of a wait. Bake up a coconut cream pie in the meantime. It won't take long and you won't be disappointed. If you need a recipe, there are plenty online that you can find. And we'll make sure that we post up a couple. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, share your favorite recipes and your favorite places to get your coconut cream pie all over social media. Because I do love coconut cream pie. I really I do. don't know if I've had coconut cream pie. I feel like I feel like I've had like a another flavor mixed in with it. I don't think it was only coconut cream. Like I think it was like I don't know, it was like probably coconut banana cream I was going to say the most common thing I've seen mixed in was banana, so that's awesome. <laughs> like yeah, when people yeah, I, I, I think that's what it was. And 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 the thing is is like okay. So the coconut cream pie that I had I, I'm going to say it was really good. It was when I was living in Pensacola, Florida, going to Pine Forest High School. Um, there was this girl, Tammy, and she liked me. I liked her. I thought she was pretty amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And she took me to this little restaurant that was on the beach, and it didn't look like much, right? Like, and those are always the best now, I've learned. But uh-huh. 15, I wasn't feeling that, right? <laughs> I was just like, mm, okay. And she goes, oh, no. She goes, we're here only for the coconut cream pie. So tourists are... Getting a bunch of other stuff and all uh-huh. these other things, but the locals were all ordering one slice of coconut cream pie and two forks and two strawberry lemonades. That was it. Huh, okay. 10 o'clock in the morning. That's like, the you know, they're packed. And I was like, okay. So I got a piece of this pie. Oh my gosh. It was heaven. <laughs> I was, and, and I've had coconut cream pie since then. Not as good. Uh-huh. Um they use fresh coconut there. So it, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't crunchy, anything else. Um, and it was just amazing. I can't remember the name of the place. I can't remember anything about the place, but just that it was absolutely, ah, it was delicious. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and with that, don't forget to hit the follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. Stupidpodcastsoneverything.com. And we have a lot more stuff in our blog. And I'm definitely going to have recipes up here by the time you're listening to this. So uh, you can look at your own coconut cream pie. And I'll post up a couple. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Till we see you this afternoon. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.